This is Smart Women, Smart Power, a podcast that features conversations with some of the world's most powerful women. And my request is to international community, if they really want to give support Afghan women, this is the time that they gave a chance for those girls that they are leaving in Afghanistan and they're fighting on the street of Kabul. Yes. We feature thought leaders at all career levels, where we explore, among other things, the many contributions that women make to the fields of international business, national security, foreign policy, and international development. Does having women in positions of power influence the outcomes of decisions in these fields? Why or why not? Join me, Dr. Kathleen McInnes, director of the Smart Women Smart Power Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies for these incredible conversations. The CSIS Smart Women Smart Power podcast is supported by BAE Systems. It's my pleasure to welcome Camila Siddiqui, podcasting to you from the Halifax International Security Forum. Camila has long been an activist for women's rights. She's the CEO and founder of the Kewayan Group of Companies, which is a woman-led and focused organization that has implemented a wide range of business and workforce development projects for supporting women entrepreneurs in Afghanistan. Previously, Camila worked for the Afghan government, where she worked for the promotion of Afghan trade and commerce as the Deputy Minister for Commerce at the Ministry of Industry and Commerce, as well as the Deputy Chief of Staff for Admin and Finance in the Administrative Office of President Ashraf Ghani. The audience might know her story from Gail Lemons, The Dressmaker of Karakana, a book on the life and achievements of Ms. Siddiqui. Thank you so much for being here with us. Your your story is incredible. I know our listeners are going to be fascinated by it. Let's just dive in. So you are leading woman entrepreneur in Afghanistan, and you started in the 90s during Taliban rule. How did you do that? I mean, given the circumstances, which were extraordinary. First of all, thank you so much for uh, giving me this opportunity to be part of this important interview. As you know about the situation of Afghanistan, that unfortunately these days the girls that they are 19 years old or 18 years old, they really face the same challenges that I had faced um, in 1996. As you know, that uh, there are uh, a lot of fighting and in different uh, places and different countries, but I think the world forget Afghanistan. The experience that I have from the private sector and also from the, the government of Afghanistan, for me, for such a person that I was involved in the development of the country for more than 25 yeah. years, it is really, really unbelievable what happened and what's going on in my country. You, because you experienced the arc, you know, yes. from, from Taliban rule to the in- intervention and more women's empowerment to where we are today. Yes. My experience from the first regime of Taliban when they came to Kabul and took over of Kabul, Afghanistan, uh, I was very young. Yeah. Uh, my mother, my father and my brother left the country and then we passed a lot of difficulties and challenges. And then mm-hmm. um, that time I started a very small business with mm-hmm. my two of my sisters mm-hmm. and uh, by support of my mother. And, and where did your father and brother go? They went to Iran that time. Okay. Okay. And they left the country because my my father was working in the government 
and it was not safe for him to be. Okay, but because the Taliban regime had taken yes. break. Okay. Yes. And then uh, we were able to create job for 150 women in the community. Mm-hmm. The story is very interesting. If people have interest to, to read about the detail of the story mm-hmm. and how I started that business um, is on the book of the dressmaker of Haikhana. The mm-hmm. girl supported me and helped me had a three years research and write that book. Gail is incredible. Yes. She's an incredible she woman. She a big change in my life. Oh, yeah. And still, she supports me and my family in a, such a situation that I was in Afghanistan mm-hmm. the day the Taliban came and took over. We start this business and we support a lot of, uh, I support a lot of women that time. And then when the situation changed and the democratic government came in Afghanistan, it was difficult for me to continue this business because of the open market and there was a lot of competition from the other country. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Uh, the, there are a lot of challenges because of the um, access to finance, uh, electricity. Yeah. The product of Afghanistan was uh, expensive than the Chinese product. I was thinking as an entrepreneur that how can I find some other business opportunity in the community? And first of all, I was thinking that how can I share my experience with the other women that how they can start and how they can identify the the right business and business opportunity in the local market. And then I was thinking that I have to start some consulting company. Mm-hmm. That time I was working in the Mercy Corps as a, a business trainer. Mm-hmm. And there was a chance for me to go to Italy for a short-time training of business development services. When I come back, I was thinking that I have to start my own company consulting Interesting. Company. Okay. Okay. So you're yeah. like, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to do this myself. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Well, so may I ask... How did you think about local Afghan markets and business opportunities? What were the pieces of advice that you were giving to women as they were trying to figure out these spaces? As I mentioned that um, I'm an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is in my blood. Yeah. <laughs> because I always, mm-hmm. always looking for the business opportunity. That age of 18 years uh, that I, I was very young, that I started a business and, and I had a successful business. For me, it was very interesting to look on the market opportunity and see. It yeah. was really the right time to start a consulting company because there was a lot of other companies like construction, like export yeah. and import, and lots There's of other things. Huge influx of yeah, companies but, and cash, and things. but yeah. not a consulting company in Afghanistan. Huh. My company was the first woman-owned business consulting company that I had registered in ISA mm-hmm. in 2004. There was a lot of non-profit organization, yeah. a lot of NGO, and as I have respect to all of them, mm-hmm. I have believed to NGO development, and they support a lot in Afghanistan, but no one was thinking about business. Right, right. Yeah. I started this business, mm-hmm. and then teach and train other people that, look, there are a lot of business opportunities. Mm-hmm. Afghanistan is a land of business opportunity that we have to find our chance that how we can start a business. Mm-hmm. And then I had trained more than 10,000 people in 28 provinces of Afghanistan, implemented 56 projects in different places of Kabul. 28 provinces of Afghanistan. Yes. 10,000 people. Yeah, that is 
that's a lot of travel. That's a lot of, that is a lot of ground to cover. Holy mackerel. And the biggest support was for, from my family that they helped me and my sisters and my brother was mm-hmm. helping me and yeah. worked with me that uh, in my company. And then one day I was noticed that all the income that I have, it is from international organization. If one day this international organization left the country, what would be happening? Then I started the export and import business. Saw the, you saw the yes. market issue, like the sustainability issue, and you went after it. Yeah. Okay. And then I support 6,000 farmers and connect directly with them. Mm-hmm. And my strategy was to support directly the farmers. And there was a middleman that always get the benefit from the market. And then I export a lot of dry fruit from Kabul to India, different country to country to Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. and different places. 2014, I started this CAP Services, which was the first taxi company that we support by the HAP. And also, it was similar to Uber in Kabul. You had an Uber in Kabul? In Kabul, yes. That's and amazing. Then, you know, that the first day that I announced this business, and there was news broadcast that uh, a woman, Afghan woman, mm-hmm. established a taxi company and this and that. Can you believe that in Facebook, I got a 2,500 comment from the main from hmm. Afghanistan, that all of them, they encouraged me that, wow, business can support people and a woman can do business. And that day I was thinking that we can bring some change. 1996, no one believed that women can start a business. People right. just think that tailoring businesses for women, nothing else. But now people have some trust to me and they have believed that, look at how they encourage me and they say congratulations and nice messages to me. They send by Facebook um, to me. Mm-hmm. And then I was very famous and my success history was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then President Rani, uh, he wrote the book and from their team, they contacted with me and mm-hmm. they requested me to join the government. And now what was that transition like? Going from being, you know, private sector, entrepreneurialism to bureaucracy yes. government. Which is <laughs> like it, 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 almost the antithesis of innovation, right? Yes. It was really difficult decision, but as I am a very risk taker all the time that I was changing my job when I was working in UN Habitat and then go to IOM and then change to Mercy Corps, go yeah. from the international UN agency to international organization. And always I was looking for some opportunities then I was thinking this is the time that I have to go and see that if I can bring some change in the policy yeah. of the government, yeah. because it's a time to to support other women to yeah. come in a high position and work yeah. in the government. Yeah. And I have to give some proof for people that women can work in the private sector, in the mm-hmm. government, any places that if the, they give some chance for women. Yeah. In this case, I joined with the government and I served as a deputy chief of staff for Three years and I was working in the palace and I was working very close with President Rani that I really, really proud the day that we start to work with him and his commitment was uh, different and we bring a lot of change mm-hmm. and especially the reform and the, the saving of the budget of the, the palace. And there was a lot of achievement. Three years was a lot of time to work in the palace. One of the issues that, from the outside, that a lot of the international community was focused on at the time was the problem of corruption. 
and how, you know, there was this perception that strengthening the Afghan government was hard because of graft of corrupt officials taking monies, those sorts of things. I just wonder, like, and there you are as woman doing business and, and showing the counter case. I'm just wondering your views of those discussions at the time. In the beginning, when I started work, there was a too big commitment and value that the president always supports us and discuss with us that one was the unity of people and another was the anti-corruption. Right. And he supported me a lot. I really appreciate it from him. Yeah. And we bring some change. We start some system and establish a system in the palace and we save a lot of money and given back to the Ministry of Finance, and there is a record that, that the first years that how much we saving. Everybody was so afraid from us because our anti-corruption was the first priority that president always yeah. support in Afghanistan. There was a big group of this mafia that they were always yeah. coming and make a challenges for president and also for me and for the other people that they we were committed for the anti-corruption. In this case, in the first five years that we work, I work with the, with the president. There are a lot of achievements, and it's a record on the Ministry of, of Finance and also in the, in the, in the palace mm-hmm. that we work a lot for the anti-corruption. Yep. And so you are a leading businesswoman in a government position surrounded by male counterparts. What was it like being the woman in those rooms? You know, that, that much support that I got from the president, yeah. Yeah. because I was working in the power. Yeah. And he always gave me a, a lot of support and gave me some more energy mm-hmm. and power and say that, go yeah. and do this yeah. and do the reform and this. Because of his support, I was able to implement some. Right. Okay. So, so, it was, so it was his support, his yes. allyship. Always, yeah. always was mm-hmm. with me. Wow. So you leave government in 2019? Yes. 2019. And so you go back into the private sector? Yeah. And, and, and what were you doing at that point? Uh, yes. 2019, I was thinking that uh, this is the time that I have to go back to the private sector because yeah. the policy of government was different and a lot of people come. There was no no space for such a person like me. Okay. In this case, I left the government and start, come back to the private sector and start again the business because the recognition that I had received from the international community and also from the from the people of Afghanistan and the respect that I, I got from everywhere because of my honesty, I can get a project and I can start a business very soon. Mm-hmm. And I got a project of uh, income generation project for women and men and mm-hmm. create a job for 400 people. And then I started a pink taxi. I support uh, to train 70 women. Uh, to wow. drive on the street and uh, then we wow. launched this uh, pink taxi mm-hmm. and I put a lot of billboard in different uh, part of the city that mm-hmm. uh, the women now drive and we got a space in the airport for the woman a pink taxi and there was a lot of hope and I never know that after all this uh, achievement and hope that I support women to be a driver on the street to have a business to have a Different hope. And suddenly, all of our 25 years achievement, we lost it in 15 days that 
Taliban took her off Kabul. Was it okay if we get into a, a little bit of what happened then, where where you were? I was in Kabul, and those days it was uh, very difficult days for us because the war was in, in different part of province, and a lot of refugees were coming from different province, right? And yeah. just in Kabul, and mm-hmm. some of them they they were on the street and yeah. no food, no place, right? And they they just escaped from Tahar, from Panjshir, from different mm-hmm. different provinces, uh, provinces yeah. from the north. And I was shocked, and I, how we can help all these people on the street? And then I called to, you know, these uh, traders, the biggest traders that they, they are rich, and I request from, from them that, please help this uh, refugee and that refugee. And, yeah. and the day that Taliban came, I was in a, in different part of Kabul to help these people and got some support and connect people with the private uh, businesses to, to give some food for these people. And we traveled to very far place of Kabul. I forgot my business. I was thinking yeah. about this people that some of the women with the children they were on the street and some of them they were pregnant i was in shock that how we can support and there was a a group of young volunteer uh, girls that they were with me and they just come that what should how we can support these people the next day there was a big uh, meeting not in municipality there was another meeting with the government Okay. And I discussed with them that please give us some space that we will manage place for these refugee people. And suddenly some people called me that this Taliban came to the very close place of Kabul in the Sarasni. And yeah. then some of them, they sent me text message that they are very close in, in different yeah. area of the Kabul. And then I came back to home and the, in the night... Gail sent me text message that where are you? You have to leave. I said that I'm going to London on 20. Yeah. And uh, the day, the night of 14, Gail said that please go to your port right now. Yeah. I said it's midnight. I can, how can I go? She said that you have to go. And then there was one flight and on the day of 15 that I went to airport and uh, by support of Gail and their colleagues, they Give me a chance to be safe and leave the Kabul exactly the same days of 15. Oh my God. And I travel from Kabul to Turkey, from yeah. Turkey, with a very small plane that, that we were eight people there. When I arrived in the airport, it was 8.30 and then for some time I was there at 11.30. Some of my colleagues from Ministry of Commerce, they sent me this message that they called that me, Deputy Minister Minsa, where are you? I said that I'm in the airport. And they said that, please, the Taliban took over of our office. I just leave my purse and paper and go home. And then when we go to the desk for the exit, they shut the, the, the computer and they say that there is no chance to leave. And I, I say I show the letter and all the mm-hmm. things that we, our plane is waiting. Yeah. And then after some time, we find the chance to, to enter to the plane. When I sit at the plane, I start crying. And I, I was looking to, the, to my homeland that I left my family, my yeah. friend, my father, and my home. After so much... After being starting to make change under the Taliban and to see it swept away, I, I, I cannot imagine. 
It's been over a year since the U.S. and the international community left. What do we need to know now? What, what do we need to know? What, what, what do you want the international community? What do you want the defense community? What do you want the world to know about Afghanistan now? The way that the international community and American left Afghanistan, it was really, really unbelievable to me. It was, it was horrible. Because my life and my achievement was a magic of the peace and democracy in Afghanistan. Still, it's not unbelievable. It's just, you know, I couldn't believe that. Why? Yeah. You know what happened after that? We're here and just discuss and talk. But there are a family, a woman, one of my friends, that they lost their son, their family, their husband, their children, their life. And still they're in Kabul. And they, they, still they, they need to, to be in peace, at least, to set their house. Yeah. I would like to say thanks for international community, for the, all the countries that they evacuate a lot of uh, Afghan activists, Afghan women and Afghan men that they were working in the government and so, uh, civil society and private sector. They support a lot of people and they just left the country to be safe. Yeah. came to different uh, part of the world. Yeah. But there are 35 million people are living in Afghanistan. Yes. They need job, they yeah. need peace, they need work, mm-hmm. they need stability. In this case, I request for international community and world that please do not forget Afghanistan. There are a lot of opportunity. Afghanistan is a land of opportunity. Afghan people are very hard worker. Afghan people are very smart. And we have a lot of, a lot of resources in Afghanistan. If we have a peace, we can bring change again. Yeah. And there are a lot of energy. A lot of people that they have commitment like me. And there are a lot of other people that they want to go back to Afghanistan. <laughs> but we need a, a plan. We need a strategy. We need a commitment of international community and from the U.S. and all other countries from the NATO that they have to think about the Afghan people. I just want to tell to the world that the young girls that they are fighting on the street of Afghanistan after this time, they are the leader. They are the representative of Afghan women. Yeah. We are just a woman and a people that we want to share our experience of the failed and also the achievement. But the women and the young girls that they are fighting on the street, they are my leader and leader of the world yes. for the other women. Right. Because they take a risk. And my request is to international community, if they really want to give support Afghan women, this is the time that they gave a chance for those girls that they are living in Afghanistan and they're fighting on the street of Kabul. Yes. And it's younger women right now. We're seeing this in Iran, we're in Afghanistan. Like these are younger women that are taking charge and leading these yes. discussions. Yes. Without support, without any network, without contact, they yeah. just go to the street yeah. and take the risk. And I can't believe how their mother gave a chance for them to do, go to the street. 
I remember the one day that I was working on 1996 in my tailoring business and my business was very successful. And there was a chance for me to go and work with you in Abitad. And there was a lady that arrested by Taliban and they put on the jail. Her name was Najia. The people talk about them and she said that, please tell the other young girls that they have to be careful. When I came in and talked with my mother about my friend that the Taliban arrested her, and the next day when I had planned to go to my work, that I was working volunteer with the UN Habitat, mm-hmm. my mother talked to me and said that, no. Really? As a mother, I'm concerned about your safety. Yeah. You have a business. You have an income. Why you are you going to do volunteer work? Yeah. Your sister needs your help. You have to sit at home. Yeah. That day, I was respect to my mother. I listened. And the next day, I get ready and I respect my mother. I just say to her that I'm going to, to work to continue my volunteer work. If something happened, please remove my name from the fam- Siddiqui family because of your safety and family safety. I just left and continue my work with you in Habitat and today I'm here. When I see that this woman, these young girls that they are on the street, believe me, I, I don't have contact with any of them, but I'm really proud of them. And I really request for international community to give a chance for those girls that they are on the street of Kabul. Because we have a good life. We, we are living in a safe place, but they are not. This is the time. I request for the old women of the world, if they one day this, they work for the support of uh, women, this is the time to help Afghan girls that they are fighting on the street of Kabul. Thank you so much for joining us on the Smart Women Smart Power podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks a lot to give me a chance. Subscribe to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Smart Women, or you can follow me on Twitter at KJMcInnes1. Thanks for listening and join us next time. The CSIS Smart Women, Smart Power podcast is supported by BAE Systems.